Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, God bless. God bless. We welcome one to young men and women in God's worldwide ministry. As tonight we present to some present to others to Tanya Ford in the panel. Is, is, is Lady Ford here? Hello? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We will go on and open up with prayer, and then we will turn the program over to Lady Tanya Ford. Father God, we thank you once again for letting us come together on on this call. We thank you for just letting us be able to enjoy another day in you, Father God. Father God, we ask that tonight that you let us open up our, our minds, our ears, and our spirits to hear on the topic that's going to be talked about tonight, Father God. We ask that you let us be able to embrace those things that we need to take back to our necessary places to give some more knowledge of to the things that are going on inside the church, inside the church body. Father God, thank you for the men and women of God that you have sent to come before us to give us some direction in which way to go and which way to handle the things that are going on inside of your house. Father God, thank you. Exalt you, we magnify you, for you too are God all by yourself, and there is no other. And we just thank you. If we had a thousand tongues, Father God, we couldn't thank you enough. For all you have done, you shall do, and you will do. But we thank you right now about what you're doing in this time, this hour, and this season inside the body of Christ. We, we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we decree and declare all the words that are spoken under you, Father God, that you are worthy of praise. We say all these things, Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 This time again, we welcome one to young men and women of God, worldwide ministry, as we present ladies of time you're forward in the panel. And the topic, the movement. So with that, the next one that you will hear will be that of Lady Satana Poor. Thank you, uh, Pastor Carpenter, for having us again uh, another week uh, on this Tuesday night. And I want to thank the panel for coming on. You know, I know that, you know, it's Tuesday. You know, a lot of people have a lot of things to do, and you guys took out time out of your day. And I really appreciate it. Um, first, I want to talk about um, the movement, uh, the Pregnant by the Pastor Awareness Movement. Uh, four years ago, I wrote a movie. It was a fiction movie, but it was also real, and it was also 
true to an extent because everyone could relate to it in some form, you know. And, um, you know, a lot of people on the panel have seen the movie, and we first always start off with talking about the message that every individual have received from watching the movie. But I just want to take you back to, like, five years ago. A lot of times, you know, uh, people hold things in and they don't have a voice because if they have went through an experience that they're ashamed or guilty about from a bad choice or a bad decision, you know, they tend to become bound, uh, you know, in, in things such as that and, you know, um, in prison in your own mind is not good. So when we began to um, promote the movie and put it out, you know, I had so many people to reach out to me saying thank you for being my voice. And I never understood. I, I just thought I was doing a movie. I never knew it was going to become a mission. So we're four years strong in uh, the Pregnant by the Pastor Awareness Movement, and it's been very full of purpose. Uh, um, you know, from the movie, we've uh, started a talk show called Taking Off the Mask, where, you know, we interview with victims in front of the camera. I hadn't got a chance to uh, release that footage or anything, um, but it'll be coming soon. Uh, we've done a second movie because the first movie had so much, so so much to take off, uh, take out of it. And everybody that has watched the movie gets a different, receive a different message. So I first want to introduce the panel. Uh, we got um, Dr. Lori Mosby. She she mentioned she was going to be a little bit late tonight. Um, uh, and Sister Betty, Apostle Betty White, she uh, had another meeting on tonight as well. And uh, we got a few people that's going to be coming in late because they had other things to do, but they will be joining us and tuning in. But I want to say thank you guys for um, coming on and um, uh, joining in with us with the movement and supporting us because I'm going to tell you it's not an easy task. Remember, this topic was not up for discussion some years ago, you know. So I... um, want to first say, uh, start out by saying thank you guys, okay, because today is a weekday. And, um, you know, I don't take it lightly that you guys sacrifice your time to, you know, spend and join and fellowship with us on this panel, okay? So uh, we have uh, Stephanie Atkins tonight. Stephanie. Stephanie been on a panel with us for the last three weeks, and she hardly got a chance to get a chance to Say anything. Uh, first, we want to start off by asking you, what is what is the message that you received out of the movie Pregnant by the Pastor when you watched it? Um, good evening, everyone. Um, well, the message that I received was receive everyone that comes to you saying that they have a word from God for you. Because um, there's a lot of people be proper lying. So you have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be careful. That's mostly what I took out, you know, from the movie. Um, not to believe everything that people say to you, and just because they speak in their tongue doesn't mean that they're saved. And you know, just have to be, you know, just take everything to God in prayer. That's what I got from the movie. Okay. And also forgiveness. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, my brother, Jacquez Alexander, he's out of California. Uh, and by the way, uh, Stephanie, she just finished her uh, play, and they brought it to life last month. And I want to congratulate her on that again because oh, the heart. The hardest part about writing is taking the time out to do it. And uh, I can appreciate, you know, uh, seeing people in their projects, you know, being birthed forward. But I want to um, bring on Jacquez Alexander. He's out of California. He's my brother in Christ. And we we talked about uh, that, a little of what Stephanie just brought up uh, earlier on today. Jacquez, how you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm doing good. A little tired from uh, being in going conferences and uh, going to conferences. A little tired, but I okay. you know, still need to come on. Okay. Well, I thank you and I appreciate you. Like I said before, I don't take it lightly. I really appreciate the fellowship with you. We uh, we uh, Jacquez came. He was in on our first and second season, I believe, and uh, we've been on other shows together on the panel and you know so forth. But uh, I, I really do miss my brother. I miss your voice, uh, Jacquez. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, I wanted to know what was the message. I know it's been some time ago since you've seen the movie, but what was the message that you received? I remember you giving me a call after you had saw the movie. What was the message that you took from the movie, Pregnant by the Pastor? Well, uh, the young lady, was that Stephanie that spoke uh, earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to piggyback on what Stephanie said uh, that brings me back to to the movie that I watched. Um, I think we as individuals wanted to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And when somebody comes along, we have a tendency on accepting those words that they tell us, you know, because we want to be a part of something, especially when it comes to uh, uh, Christianity or religion. You know, we want somebody to come and lead and guide us. And like Stephanie said, uh, what I got to, I don't uh, accept anything, words from uh, uh, that many people anymore. You know, you got to be careful who you let lay hands on you or prophesy Mm -hmm. over you because uh, they come with excess luggage also. So I'm of an individual that uh, I'm going to go into prayer on anything anyone tells me. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Did someone want to say something? I thought I just heard somebody. Okay. My sister Lynn out of Arkansas, she just saw the, uh, ordered the movie recently, and um, she hadn't, I don't remember, I think she got a little preoccupied and everything, but she's joining us tonight. And I'd like to know what was the message that you received out of out of the movie, Miss Lynn. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Satanya. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember. I came on once, and I had not saw the movie, but uh, I did make a statement that that could have been me in the past. Um, the 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 main message that I got from it is that. Things that we see, or or I'll say, I see still every day, you know, just like where this guy from the street told these guys that God had a calling on their lives. But we see that 
every day when it's not so that, you know, they just pick somebody and put them, you know, in the pulpit. But it's up to us people whether we follow that pastor, you know, or not. But my thing is just seeking God's word because I feel that if we're walking and holding hands with the devil, well, that's not good. You can't be both ways. But, you know, and what I got, you know, out of the movie is that, again, something that goes on in the churches every day, and that's lust and messiness, nosiness, you know. But uh, that was my main thing, my main thing from the movie was that it started a pastor, a pastor that has not been called, but was told by man. And we find a lot of that going today. Instead of standing God's word, we're going by what man says. So, you know, I, I, I got a lot of learning to do, you know, but I, like I said, it could have been me if my flesh had have been weak, you know, it, it matter if it's the pastor or the deacon, you know, or anybody else, you know. But um, I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm hoping to be able to put part two out. I mean, everybody's been asking about it. We have shot it, and uh, it is finished and completed, and uh the movie has been scored and edited and, and everything is is ready, but we're still on part one, you know. Um, right. Next we have uh, Latanya Mitchell. Latanya? Okay. Yes. How you, you doing today? Yes. All right. Doing good. Doing good. Great. What was the message that you received, you know, from watching the movie Pregnant by the Pastor? Um, well, the first first thing I got from it, of course, was from the uh, the guy that called himself prophesying to uh, the young man about him having a calling on his life, and uh, reminds me of the scripture that says, uh, "You gotta you gotta try everything by the you gotta test everything by the spirit of God," you know. Um, and um, the other thing I got from it was uh, redemption for the the uh, the mystery. Um, how um, even though she came in, there was some things lacking in her life. And uh, I like the comment that the other lady um, that just got on spoke and said, she said, had I had been weak, I would have maybe have been in that, on, been in that situation. And um, I like the fact that um, this particular woman, um, she, um, she repented for her, you know, what she did, and she realized, you know, that she was wrong from it. And I think there are a lot of times there are women that are coming into the church that need um, they uh, they're coming for the wrong thing, um, mm-hmm. but but still God is able to redeem them as well. Because you have Mary Magdalene, you have um, you know you just have a lot of women that just need to be um, they need to be healed and, and broken places in their life need to be dealt with. And so I I like I like the fact that she was able to turn her life around in the end. Okay. Okay. And we have uh, Sister Adia Sanders. Did I say your name right? 
Is it Ada? Yes. Uh, Ada, it's, Adia. It's Adia. You said it right. Okay. And we we are, we always have our dad on the panel, and he uh, has some things that he had to do, and he want he uh, asked Adia to come in. And uh, he uh, actually, John came down, John Green, he's normally on the panel. He came down, flew in to the second movie premiere. And uh, he really, we had a nice time. He came to see the Central High School. You know, we got this little historic thing going here in Little Rock, Arkansas. But Adia, and he took the movie, uh, the first part one, home with him, and Adia got a chance to see it. And we want to know what was the message that you received from watching that movie, watching the movie, Adia? Well, the first thing is that um, we definitely have to be careful who we receive words from. Um, I think mm-hmm. that we have to be careful with, with that because a lot of times you'll hear a lot of good words that will come, um, but it doesn't mean that that word was sent by God. And so in doing that, we can prematurely, um, we can do things prematurely that can send us in a, a send people down a lot of different paths. Now, one thing that I, I would just like to make clear is that if it is God's will, because God can use whomever he would like to deliver a message, if there mm-hmm. are issues that people are still dealing with that so many times um, when we see our leaders falling, it is because they have not allowed God to take the, the process of being delivered. And so if, if people are not careful, we would put ourselves in a position to where we have a word from the Lord or we have a, a word from a messenger that God has sent to us. And because we have that word doesn't mean that the time has been released for us to walk into that calling. And Amen. When people walk into callings that are with that they're not ready for, then you have things like a pastor getting a a, a woman pregnant, whether they're in the church or outside of the church. So I think also the message that I got from the uh, and I'm gonna be talking to my husband, the message that I also got was that uh, Forgiveness is also key, and not only is forgiveness key, but it's also very important that leaders in our churches today um, that they are cognizant of what they are doing, and that they're that they're cognizant of their actions and the impact that those actions have um, on the people that they're leading. Because we'll see so many people that are anointed by God to bring the word. So many people that are anointed that people are getting healed, delivered, and set free. But they're forgetting the part in the Bible where it says, where the Lord is going to say to them that judgment day, but Lord, I, I, I've done this in your name, and I did this in your name, and the Lord is allowing these things to get done because it's always about the impacting of the kingdom of God. If it's going to bring souls to the kingdom of God, then it is going to happen. However, comma, what people have to understand and realize is that if your heart is still full of sin, if you have not surrendered until until God, he still can look at you and say, Yes, you did all of these things, but depart from me, you worker of iniquity. And so if that message is lost, in anything that we do, whether we're a pastor, whether we're a deacon, whether we're an usher on the door, whether we're a minister of music, the last thing that we do not want to hear when we've done all of these wonderful things in the name of the Lord is to depart from you because you were still a worker of iniquity. Thank you for working for the kingdom of God, but you never took the time to get your soul in salvation right. That's so right. I can't allow you to come into the kingdom. And That's so I right. Think that, that movie definitely depicts that um, on so many different levels 
not just for pastors, but for everybody that is a part of the body of Christ. But for our leaders, they have to make sure that they are in right standing with God, that when they say that they are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, that they are constantly analyzing their lives and laying before God and making sure that they have accountability partners, somebody that they can be honest with to say, hey, I'm having these thoughts go through my mind and I need to talk to somebody about it. Not to be ashamed or think that they are so far removed from people that no one can tell them or that they feel like they can't share things that they're going through, that they can't share temptations because we all know that it is human as long as there's an enemy that is roaming to and fro seeking whom he may devour. And so that's the message that I got, and I just am so very thankful for this opportunity. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate that because I'm going to tell you, um, for for the movie to open a person's mind up like that, that's powerful. <laughs> you know, I um, every time I watch it, I get a different message. I had a lady to tell me, she said, Satanya, every time I watch that movie, I get a different message because it's so much to think about. And, you know, um, I had a favorite character in there, and that was Ty Simpson. You know, I laughed the whole time I wrote the character of him because, see, the thing is, Ty Simpson was the guy that was on the street, but he was given the callers. But, see, you never know where a person is in their life that mm-hmm. needs something, a word, right, a right now word, because everybody is seeking to do the will of God that he has for their life. Yeah. Everybody is, 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 you know, is, you know, when they're searching things out, trying to weigh everything out, their life is at a standstill. And when, especially when they're a babe. And just so happened, the guy that he told that to that became, the pa- became a pastor, he was right there in that place at that time. But what we, what, the real, the real, the realization of the fact of the matter is this: he was already in working in his calling, and he was anointed to sing. He wasn't anointed to preach; he was anointed to sing. And so, when you step outside the will of God yeah. that He has for your life, all mm-hmm. hell breaks loose. And the mm-hmm. movie demonstrated that to me. When it was brought to life, you know, that's what the movie demonstrated to me because, you know, when he accepted the calling, you know, he had two women in his life. You know, he, you know, living this life over here and living that life over there. And, you know, you know, a double-minded man, you know, is unstable in all of his ways. And that's what it was with Pastor Norman, you know. But, um, you know, there was so much that I had received from it, even down to the point where the other guy he he went to uh, and mentioned that he had a calling on his life. And just so happened, he touched on something that was going on in his life at that time. See, sometimes anything, a, a word can, can be familiar, can, can re, you can relate to something familiar. You know, and, you know, everybody, you know, say uh, God can use a jackass. So nobody really looked at this man. Everybody knew that he was pretty much a man on the street, 
but he said something that hit home with those two guys, you know. So uh, was there anybody else that um, wanted to yeah, touch on? Say something. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'd like to thank the lady that she just that just was talking. I think that she said something that Lord just, just glued in with me um, when she said, you know, you need to have somebody to talk to, and the Lord brought the word confidant. And, mm-hmm. and we need confidence. I just got off my line where a young lady was talking about how the pastor and his wife would come to her house to eat with his kids, and then the pastor was trying to flirt with her while his wife was in the house. And Jeez. she didn't have somebody to talk to, and now she don't go to church no more, period. But she don't trust she don't trust none of them, the men in leadership. And just never had nobody to talk to about it. And she came on the line tonight, and we talked to her. She's about ready to go back to church, understanding that she do, she can reach out to people that will she can talk to, and they will keep her conversation confidentiality. So I, you know, I just heard the sister say that as well as she got out of the movie, and Lord just brought that we all need to find a confidant sometimes, someone we could just talk to about anything, and be able to hear us. When we're going through something, I, I uh, thank you, Pastor Carpenter. I also want to bring this out. You know, I was when I was writing, you know, the movie. I never knew that it was going to pan out the way it was. You know, and you can write something, but when it's brought to life, you know, it's it's people got to act those words out, and they got to, you know, by demonstration and so forth. And once the movie was completed, okay, I really liked the fact that, okay, here's what happened. The mistress, and and a couple people have brought this out, the mistress, you know, she went and repented, okay? It, it It didn't show such a bad light on her. And the reason why it didn't is because, you know, there. Well, the the reason why I'm glad it did is because there. After the movie was released, I have re- got so many, you know, uh, people reach out to me that have been in that position. You never know what a person is going through, you know, and and fall victim into a situation or circumstance like that. And it just didn't beat them upside the head to where they stay in bondage. Actually, a lot of women were free and healed from even just watching how it was played out because it didn't beat them up. You know, um, after watching it, the last thing I expected was to hear from a pastor's wife and tell me, you know, sis, you know, I support you. But a lot of them had to support me secretly, you know, because, you know, I guess they didn't want, you know, the husband to know that they were pushing me, you know, and encouraging me because this was some things that they were going through. And then it it gave me another, you know, highlight on how they must be bound knowing that their husband is out there, you know, with these secret affairs and, you know, a woman have uh, a good feeling and know what's going on. And so, yeah, a woman know, and they know what's going on, but, you know, 
um, they cover it up, <laughs> and I'm, I hate to say it, they cover it up in the name of the Lord, you know. Now, this is such and such. I had to pray for my sister and my brother and da-da-da-da, you know, and, and, and it's mind games. So it's a lot of trickery going on at this point. And so, you know, I I had so much compassion because I saw things from that, you know, I never looked at it that way, you know, and, 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 and it can bound a woman, you know, a, a, a pastor's wife, and, and, and imprison her, you know, because she got to live that life, and she got to smile at everybody, you know, in the church, and this person and this person, and that person could be sleeping with her husband. And she wanted to try to, you know, um, she got to have somebody to talk to, you know. The floor is open. Is it, does anybody have anything to say? Yeah. Yeah, this is yes, a again. If I can, um, one of the, I just wanted to bring up two things. And one, the word that came to me was just tolerance. And I think what your movie shows is that we don't have to tolerate, nor should we tolerate, things that are going on in the church. Um, and so that's the first one that I wanted to, to bring up. Tolerance, we don't have time for it. Um, and then the next one is that um, I, I can barely, we can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. I know what it's like to, to be what, to be a member of a church and to know that something like that is going on. Um and being on the outside looking in, not knowing all of the particulars, not knowing the specifics of everything that is happening until years later, my heart was broken. I mean, it was just broken, and I mean, I had to get to the point to where I had to pray and ask the Lord to soften my heart towards the individual, towards my former pastor, because he had hurt our, he had hurt his wife. He had hurt, you know, she was also a minister in the gospel as well. And so being able to look on the outside, looking in, you know, I I had to tell her years later that I commend you for being able to come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday that we had Bible study and every time that we had a service and you still were able to give God the praise. You were still able to, to smile. You were still able to, to love us, even though we had no idea what was going on. And she suspected something, but she just didn't know. And when she shared with me everything that happened, again, the hurt and the pain that I had was so insurmountable that I had to pray and ask the Lord. And it was her that said, don't be angry. It was her that said, forgive. It was her that said, it's going to be okay. It was her that told me that she knew that God had her back and that everything was going to be okay. So you don't know what people are going through. But when this lady was able to tell me that it was going to be okay and that she was still going to keep serving God and to not harbor ill feelings, I knew then that, that, I mean, no one can tell me again that God doesn't exist because 
we in our human state can't just do something like that. That is, it is impossible for man to just say, I'm going to forgive you. It is impossible for men to just in our own strength because it hurts. All of the emotions that come with that hurt, all of the anger and all of the, you know, I want to fight you and I'm ready to, you know, knock the joker out. All of those real-life emotions that come, and this wasn't me. It wasn't me that it happened to, but I had all of those emotions, and she was still able to tell me, forgive, to release him. And that's the strength that only God can do. And so I was mm-hmm. able to do that because of the God that she had on the inside of her, the strength that God showed me through her to say, one, we don't have to tolerate this, and two, we can forgive because nothing is impossible with God. Amen. 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 The floor is open, you guys. Hi, everyone. This is author, filmmaker, Godfrey Young. How you doing, Godfrey? Pretty good. How's everyone? Everybody's fine. <laughs> good. I think Pregnant by the Past is a great movie. It speaks volume, and it speaks the truth. So it's good that you have came out with a movie like that to give you an understanding of what is really going on in the church and also outside of the church. So I'm here tonight to be in the conversation speak the truth, and most of all, tell it like it is. Amen. <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you, my, bro- my brother. You always do. By the way, you guys, uh, Godfrey Young, he's a filmmaker. He's out of California. Uh, I got to tell you, I really enjoy his trailer um, to his movie. Godfrey, tell us a little bit about your movie. The one of my movies is After Church. Wow. It speaks about what church folks do when they get out of church (laughs) as the comedy movie. And the second movie is a man that is broken. I'm going to pitch a few seconds. It's about a man that was married, and he was a cheater. He cheated on his wife. He was not a faithful man to his wife. And God called his wife home one day. She passed away from cancer. Now this man was all alone, broken, looking up to God, and didn't know exactly what to do. Now that man is broken, is I. So sometimes God has to make break you in order mm-hmm. to make you. Amen. So I yeah. thank God for what he's doing in my life. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Now tell us a little bit more about after service, because I really enjoyed that trailer. Oh, which after one? Church. The after Church? After oh, church. After Church. Yes, it's more like, After Church is a comedy movie. And like <laughs> I said, it speaks about when people go to church, you know, they get in church and they shout and give God the praise. And then when they leave the church, all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. They do everything and they do some of the craziest thing. And they, some of them say worse than the people that's in the world. Mm-hmm. But After Church is a great movie. And it's not only about laughing about, you know, comedy, but it has a message to get mm-hmm. people back the way we used to be. And we serve God. We used to get on our knees and we used to praise God and wasn't too cute to get on our knees because we were worried about our clothes. But it, the, the movie is going to be a great movie. Yeah, I found that. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us uh, tonight because we... 
We just like Jacquez, we uh enjoy your presence. I really do all the time. Um Thank you. Yes, uh these are my brothers out of California. I actually I had the opportunity to meet uh Brother Godfrey when I went to uh Hollywood for uh acting school. So we got a chance to go to uh Venus Beach and you know, a few places and stuff and I really uh he made me feel at home and stuff and I really appreciate that. Yeah. So, um uh back to back to the movie and everything, you guys. Um I'm gonna say this right here. I remember having to do a study, okay, when I was writing the movie. And, you know, it requires research. And so I called a few pastors because I wanted to know the order of how to sit a pastor down because you got to to write about something such as that. You got to get the wisdom and the knowledge on it. And so I called several different pastors, and they several shied away from me because uh, they didn't know how to respond to that because, for one, they own their own church and so forth. So, um, one of the pastors, you know, he was able to tell me, and so I was able to write it, that write write this, you know, the scenes properly because, you know, he sat me down and sh- and and told me the order and how to sit a pastor down. And the reason why I wrote that part of the movie is because we have gotten so far away from that, you know, and because. When a pastor messes up or something, it used to be in the in the back in the daytime. It used to be a time where we would vote a pastor out, you know, of the church, or make them sit down into for a season or something in, until you know he can get himself together. You know, they will forgive him, but they will make him sit down, or they'll just put him out of there. Well, we don't see that too much in this day and time. The floor mm-hmm. is open. The floor is over. Well, we saw that with Pastor Timothy Thames before he died. And he got mm-hmm. a woman outside the church pregnant, and the woman confronted his wife, Reby Thames, at the church. And so she was pregnant by him, but Paula White and all of them, and, and all of them left him, left him, let him be. And, and, and I think it's a lot because of their friendship, and I think it's a lot because of money. When you come with these, you know, certain pastors mm-hmm. that, that's in the light, you know, you're getting a far out. Look, uh, we can mention his name now. I ain't worried about being sued. Eddie Long, he went through it. <laughs> and all of them didn't know what Eddie Long was doing. You know what I'm saying? They knew what Eddie Long was doing. All these, all these, all these high people that was around them, from Bishop Jake to being involved in the gospel, they got a discerning spirit. They got the spirit of God in them. So, you know, they knew, but it was money. It was money, money, money. This dude here has got one of the, had more people coming to his church than Corporal Dollar had going to his church. So here we got money, 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 and y'all associate with them. And that's why a lot of these people don't be sitting down. And when we get to the smaller churches, the local churches, it'd be about friendship. It'd be about a good friendship with each other. That they don't set people down when they know what they're doing ain't right. Uh, I, I really I think, think too. I really think ahead. too. Uh, even the small churches, not the but mega churches, but the small churches are helping to find 
503C, and they're getting money from the state or the government compromising themselves also. Amen. Big churches all the way down to the little churches. And a lot of people are not stepping up. They're compromising. These pastors are compromising uh, themselves. When they started out, yeah, they was on fire. But now they're starting to compromise with the homosexuality and the rest of the stuff that's coming along. And, and, uh, and it starts from that individual. Not only that, uh, these uh, uh, the congregations put these pastors up on a pedestal. Yeah. Amen. Believe everything that they say instead of going home and testing that word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Coming and coming back and speaking on it. They don't even want you to speak on it or challenge them. Yeah. That's why I'm not in the church right now because yeah. when they hold up. This is what it says, but you're saying something else. Hey, hey, brother, we don't need you up in here. Well, I'm gone there. Yes. Oh, can I say something as well to go along with his comment? That was an excellent uh, comment. I think that a lot of members in the church, they don't know their rights, okay? When you are when, when you become a member of a church and you see things going on, you have the right to go to your pastor. and I mean, because I mean, we all have to be accountable to someone. Right. We all have to have accountability. Whether you're a pastor, minister, usher, you clean the floor. And you have a right to go to your pastor and say, Pastor, there's some things going on I don't agree with. And you have a right to get answers. And if uh and if members begin to uh, they're not they're not demanding integrity from the pulpit. You know, you don't have to sit there and give your money week after week and you know that the, uh, the pastor's not living right. You know he's not bearing fruit. If you know he's having an affair, then you have the right to, go, you know, go to your leaders and say, hey, this is wrong. I don't agree right. with this. Right. You know, you don't have to just sit back and be quiet and, and say, well, we're just going to pray about it and we just going to, you know, there's a time <laughs> to pray, but there's a time to do something as well. Right. You know, right. the prophet mm-hmm. Nathan, he mm-hmm. went to David. He went to David, the prophet Nathan. He went to David. <laughs> And he described the man that had the affair. And David said, well, we, whoever that person is, they, they need to just, you know, <laughs> be dealt with it. Nathan said, that person is you. Come and on, so, now. And, and, so, and so the thing is, we need to have accountability. We need to, as members, don't just sit back, especially in the black church where that's my pastor. Where if you know the pastor's not living right, why are you supporting him financially? Why are you there? The Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ. If that pastor isn't following God, we should not be following that man or that hey, woman. And so, I, I'm totally agreeing with you. There's no accountability, especially in those mega churches. Uh, 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 Jesus Christ had trouble with 12 disciples. You know, he had trouble with 12 disciples, and he broke bread. How many, how many uh, people in the congregation get to break bread with their, with their pastor? That pastor is supposed to know each and every one of those sheep that is in his congregation. Oh. There is none of that anymore. These, these pastors got bodyguards now. You, <laughs> what do they need them? They better have them. You can't get to those seats and even speak to them. You know, I'm supposed to be able to break bread with my pastor. So when he's looking out over there at the congregation, he's supposed to leave those 99 and come find me and find out what's wrong with That's me. Right. That's right. That's right. You know, I have something to say, too. I was thinking about how the gays, they marched and believed what they was doing was right. And they got that bill passed, same-sex marriage. Uh-huh. Yep. Now, here come the KKK. 
they march in their meeting concerned about the, 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 the flag. Now, here are black Christians setting up their four walls in the church while all this nonsense is going on, and we thinking God going to come down from heaven and fix it. Well, I got news for you. He's not coming down from heaven because he got us here. He gave us the power to go forward. We should have been out there marching against that homosexuality that bill a long time ago. But we did. We sat back like a knot on a log and do nothing. And that is why they was able to get that bill passed because the so-called Christians is too worried about their numbers in the church and their money. Even just today, I was reading about this pastor concerned that he's not concerned about what's going on in the world. You're right, Uh Pastor. You're not concerned about what's going on in the world. You're worried about how many numbers of uh, members you have in your church and your money and your nice Bentley and your your cars, but you're not concerned about the souls in the church. You know, these pastors, and I'm going to tell it like it is, you're weak. You're weak because you you don't (laughs) speak against that gay spirit, and some of you are gay. Some of you don't oh, speak against that gay spirit, and you don't come tell on. it like it is. Come First on. thing, you want to shut everything down, but it's time for the pastors, the leaders to take a stand and stop that. Look at us today. It's, it's not going to stop here. The gay people come have on. the right to get married. Now, guess what? They're going to be able to raise children. Guess what, pastor? They're going to come in a church and want to get married, and guess what? If you don't marry them, they're going to sue you for discrimination. That's now, Lord, right. The devil has just set you up for a fall. That's get ready. Right. I've been telling I don't know who was that just speaking just then, but I just want to applaud that young man. It's not really too much. Let me introduce myself. I'm sorry about that. This is Dr. Clarice Johnson. And, um, I mean, I'm just sitting here listening. So, Tanya, I had said, sis, that, um, you know, my daughter's in the hospital. I'm over here in Charlotte, North Carolina. However, uh, love is an action verb, and I said I want to be. I tell you, I love you. I love you. So I came out here and, and I love you too. kind of listen in on it. But that brother, whoever just got to speaking, uh, he let the word do the work. There's nothing else to be said. We can sign off right now. But, but to my brother, I just want to tell you, they are in the pulpit now because it is the most lucrative business there is. Everybody wants to be a pastor now. Back in the day, you couldn't find people when God told people and called people to be pastors. They would not do it. They were scared to go. But now everybody's running into the pulpit because it's money there. It's money. They're not caring about the members or who's there. You can get to them because they're watching the basket. God mm-hmm. called and told me what I was going to do was years ago. And like the lady said earlier, she was saying about, you know, God can say that you have a calling. He can have somebody to prophesy and say that he's calling you for thus and thus. However, it may not be your time right there. Right. Right. You've got to be cultivated. You've got to be developed. And so but what they're doing, they're running out there right now. Thus said the Lord. Thus said the Lord. God ain't saying half of this stuff. People said and he said it. Half of that, he just sit back being quiet, just watching and listening at this dumb stuff. But we have got to pray. We got to do more than pray. Whoever said we got to stand. These people make a mockery out of us. They're laughing at us Christians, I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, attention. Yeah. You're right. They're coming. That gun, that bullet. And I'm going to stop here and let someone else speak. That bullet was not pulled 
on the justice of peace. That bullet was aimed dead at the pastor's head, just like you said, because now if you don't marry us, guess what? We're going to sue you. That's it, brother. That's it. I want everybody to know this my sister out of Atlanta, Georgia. She has a play called The Trial. And can you tell a little bit about this place? No, I went in the restroom. Let me find me a restroom somewhere to go in. I'm the play, the trial, it is a powerful electrifying, powerful, soul winning, soul stirring play. It involves mm, mm, what we call witnesses to come up and take the stand to prove that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what these witnesses said that he did. Come in, Nicodemus. Come tell us a little bit about Jesus. What do you know about this man? Well, he's strange. What do you mean strange, Nicodemus? He teaches stuff that you don't hear. Love those that despitefully do you wrong. But the one thing he said, and I don't understand it, he was talking about being born again. So now let's call another witness up. And we just call different witnesses up in different ones, and they come up and tell what Jesus has done about them. Your church converts into a courtroom. God, so the Holy Ghost so strategically wrote this play. He just utilized my hand. That's all it was. Because he so strategically wrote it that you don't have to worry about a whole lot of props. The, court, the, the church converts into a courtroom, and you don't know who you're sitting next to. You don't know who is who. It's not a play where you just there at the stage, but you got to look to the left, you got to look to the right, because the, the disciples back there, they're breaking out, they're fighting, why are they fighting, because they're mad with Judas, what he did to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, y'all got to see it, you got to see it, ow, that's it, sis, that's it, okay, sis, okay, and we have Latonya Mitchell also, she's getting ready to release her book. And I wanted her to tell a little bit, you know, about her book, you know, without giving it all away or whatever. Uh, Latanya? I know she just teased me trying to get the line. Okay, we'll come back to Latanya. The floor is open. Yeah, I'm going to say Okay, there she go. I want to say one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Whichever one, Latanya or Jacquez? No. That was that was Godfrey. Okay, Godfrey. <laughs> yes, I'll say this. I heard this is Bishop, I won't call no name. He was on some show and they asked him about the um gay marriage and same sex marriage. This man went all the way around the question when I answered. What he was saying, he's not concerned about the world problem. But he forgot that he lives in the world, and there is lost souls in the world. So when he asked him that question, he didn't answer it. He went around it. So I, I'm to a point now. So tired of these so-called big name celebrity bishops and pastors supposed to be all this and all that. But you know what? The problem is that people follow man more than they follow mm-hmm. God, and they can't even see God for seeing man. So Amen. that's the problem. 
They need to get. They need to stop all this. These silly. I'm, I'm gonna tell it like this. These silly Christians <laughs> set up in church and listen to these bitches. They tell them anything, and they believe that mess. Anything. Just believe whatever that my pastor said, my bishop said. Oh, I just believe it. So they need to wake up. Look, God gave us knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and common sense. So the point is, is that mostly preach. I'm gonna tell you like this. Most of them in church is all about the money. Let's get real. Right. And it's pimps right. to the pulpit. That's all about the money. Mm-hmm. And first thing they'll say, oh, them bishops, they bless and God bless them. No, those mm-hmm. Negroes bless themselves. Mm-hmm. Let's get real with it. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff God don't have nothing, didn't have nothing to do with. So like mm-hmm. I said, church folk fed up, wake up. And, and 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 like I said, they passed the um the same-sex marriage bill. Mm-hmm. Wake up, Christians. Y'all see what's happening in that? They're going to sue you in that. They're going to sue you in that. They come to your church after you. Don't marry them and see what happens. They're going to mm-hmm. sue you. So guess what? Satan that set you up. Now, what you going to do? Are you going to be a real man of God, or you continue being a fake? Thank you, brother. You're saying, you're saying it. You're preaching. You're preaching. You're preaching. Yeah. Uh, what, else, what else is happening now that uh, even in the Bible where um, King Herod was after the kids, they're doing the same thing now in our elementary school, uh, the uh, – homosexuals get to go in and speak to our children without us even mm-hmm. knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these kids, these kids' minds are just beginning to develop to know who they are or what they want to be. But when they got mm-hmm. these homosexuals in there telling these kids, you can be a woman, if you, uh, a girl if you want, and that, I believe mm-hmm. that, that's all wrong. Mm-hmm. I, uh, God has uh, people uh, starting to pick sides, choose sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Choose sides right now. You're going to have the people over there, people over there that's believing in, in God or not believing in it. And that's what this system and this world is doing, and especially after our kids. After our kids right now. I'm up in Sacramento, and they're uh, giving these teachers the power to pass medication to our kids from uh, K all the way up to 12. And that's totally wrong. That's totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, how do I get out of here? I like to say this, that, you know, we, we, we sit and we, we, we talk about what's happening, but the Word of God told us all this was going to happen. There's yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I'm trying to get out of this hospital so I can get on. The men were going to give us the natural thing that he gave them. The men were going to love men and women were going to love women. He told mm-hmm. us this. Mm-hmm. He, he told us that. It's okay. not something that we don't know. We're so surprised that all this is happening. But the thing <laughs> is, the thing is that, that I know that I read my word, and my word is coming. Come on now. It's coming to pass. <laughs> he said it. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> he said that in the end that the men will become lovers of themselves. But he yeah. told us that. That's right. He told us that. What you going to do? And the thing about it, that we're, the church, everybody calls the church, but the church is not being teach on how to be warriors. We'll be at peace on how to receive and get and get and get the benefits of God, but we're not being at peace on how to be warriors of God. Thank and, and you. That's what, and yeah. that is the happening. We are not being. We got and don't don't get mad at the people in the church because the seeds that Clefful Dollar and all of them sold us about prosperity <laughs> is that all we live on. That we want to prosper, we want to prosper, but we're not we're, we're not watching what's going on around us. Because my grandma and right, when exactly. they were in the church, mm-hmm. they say, Sons, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And they were mm-hmm. warriors. We got away from them songs. We got away from that word of hearing mm-hmm. about being warriors for God. 
So, you know what? We got to come back to sowing That's right. the leaders, the pastors got to go back to sowing the million mm-hmm. seeds That's right. into the body of Christ again. And we'll get up and we'll go to war because we say this, well, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. Well, let me tell you, you say that, but you are soldier of the Lord, so the battle is yours too. See, see, and that's real. Back then, slavery, those were soldiers. Nowadays, in this time, God, God is looking for warriors that know what to do in time of warfare. And we, mm-hmm. we don't have that. We're not building these uh, warriors in the church. Because you go to the church, be taught, and go out and save some more people. Not to hold on to that congregation of, uh, uh, of 50,000. Supposed to send these people out to go build more warriors for for God's army, and they're not doing that. They're not Amen. doing that, and we're ignorant enough to stay there. It's not me though, yeah. not me. I don't chose my side, and I'm doing my thing out there in the community, help us help save right now these boys That's and right. men of color because it's That's an right. urgency, a desperate need for us to get back spiritually. Because I think our ancestors are rolling in their graves right now. About That's the right. freedom road that, that we're destroying each and every day. We're destroying yep. it. We're not, I'd rather be in a, a physical slavery than spiritual slavery right now as I speak. And all, most of our, our youth, people of color, are in spiritual slavery thinking that they're free and they're not. They're not free nobody, no, nobody is speaking up on it. These pastors are That's not right. speaking up on them. Not and if I ever get a chance to come across one, I'm going to tell him, tell it to him like it is. You want to know the truth? You can't have the truth, partner. Amen. There's something else I'm telling. People better wake up. Better wake up fast because I'm telling. We got these preachers set these pastors up in the church. Sometimes they, they set up in the pulpit act like they're God. So the people sit there, treat them like they're God. But guess what? Guess who built them up like that? The people did that. Put them on the high pedestal. Right. That's who yep. did it. But you know what? They're walking around here with millions of dollars. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. But you know what? Don't be greedy. The point is you got children in your church that don't even have shoes on their feet, don't have clothes, not even food at home, and you walking around here with millions of dollars, and you still being a blood sucker trying to get more money out of people. You know what? I don't have no respect for those, these bishops and these pastors. You know why? Because that same-sex marriage passed. And I was in Hollywood just the other day. I saw one, one guy out there fighting against that homosexual stuff. They were having a big old parade and everything. It was a Filipino guy that was talking about Jesus. I didn't see not one black preacher out there amongst all those gays. Not one. Uh-huh. You know why? Because uh-huh. they, they don't have no backbone and they're scared. They're not going to come out there. Even the other, I'm going to call it like it is. Yes, TDJ, yes, he did sell out. I'm glad you said Oprah. It, Yes, he did. Y'all can't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. Yes, he did sell out. They asked him about the homosexual thing. He went telling the church something silly. It didn't even make sense. Y'all know exactly what he said. You know exactly what he said. He not, he, I, I missed he, it. I missed it. What did he say? I missed it. What yeah, did he say? He's not, concerned, he's not concerned about what's going on in the world, but you know what he's concerned Thank about? You. Fame and fortune and his money. That's what he's concerned about. People, y'all better wake up and see these the curfew dollars, the TDs. See, y'all think they gods and stuff. Guess what? They big-time pimps. You better wake up and see what time it is. You need to wake up. They're not going to talk about their homosexuality. You know why? Most of them are homosexual, and most of them got a lot of homosexuals in that church. But you know what's going to wake them up? When they ask, can I get married in, in my church? And guess what? If they say no, they got a lawsuit. Hello? That's what they're talking about. That's because they're impressed. That's because they're talking about. But you know what? But you know what? You know what? You know what? All things are working together for the good. Amen. 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 Amen.
that's going to shut down a lot of those mega churches that are not doing what God has called them to do. That's right. Well, I'm going to leave this on your table real quick. If any of y'all met CJ, like my brother said, you'll know his character. Hello? 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 Yes, we hear you. How are you? You have to pass the confidence? Yeah, I'm here. I just okay. well, it's not like quiet everybody down. But if you meet some of these leaders that y'all see on TV in person, you'll understand their character. And a lot of them, like your brother said, a lot of them are gay too. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's why they don't speak out against it. I believe that. I believe my brother. I believe that. And there's so much going on behind closed doors that we aren't aware of. See, but God is pulling. He's pulling the covers. Nothing. Everything that's been done in the dark is about to come to the light. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I was thinking about what would have when he when he guys walking to church and asking the pastor. Will you marry me? Can you marry me in your church? Why? Well, I wonder what the pastor will tell that person. They can't uh, tell them no. Some of them may do it behind closed doors. Some of them may do it behind closed doors, but if they insist on a wedding, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, man. It's and the children, my God, they'll be able to raise children. This is a mess, people. They'll be able to, two men can raise a child. Two women can go and marry and raise a child. People, oh, my God. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit nervous about going to sleep at night because I'm thinking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess what? Yeah. It is back it's again. It. it is here. It's here. It's here. But I tell you, walk up in my church and ask me to value you, and I'm going to take you right to Romans 1. Come on now. Come on now. Where it's a violation of God, and mm-hmm. God told me one thing when he told me that. He said, let my, let my enemies be your enemies. And I can't mm-hmm. marry you because you're an enemy to my God, so you're my enemy. Yes, it's about to get serious now. It's about to get serious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you here? Yeah, this is Evelyn. Okay. Hey, Evelyn, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Are you? Good. Yeah, we were just, I, I heard all this, uh, the conversa- conversations about, you know, these, these uh, homosexual marriages, and, and I'm like the brother there, and they asked me to uh, marry them, I'm going to let them know, because I'm not scared of them, because I made a post on Facebook, I will let nothing on earth, there's nothing on earth that I'm going to do that's going to send me to hell. And I'm, and that means condoning anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wanted to comment, like I've enjoyed listening to everything that everybody is saying. And um, one of the things that I wanted to say is that, you know, when it comes to whether it's same-sex marriage, I was talking to a friend of mine one yesterday, and one of the things that she said is that, you know, her pastor said the same thing. I will not do something that is against the word of God. 
And Amen. so she said, and her pastor didn't just stop there, but he also said, if you if you're fornicating, if you're in an adulterous relationship. If you're lying, if you're stealing, if you're cheating, if you're on drugs, if you're an alcoholic, he said, I don't want anybody to feel like they're being left out. Because if it's happening, he said, you better know that I'm going to address it. And we need more of our leaders to be like this. And we need the body of Christ, us, even though, even if we're not in a pastor's role, we need to be able to stand Amen. up and say, what you're doing is not right. Amen. How you're living is not right. And until we start to do that, I don't. Honestly, I don't think that we're going to see much of a change. And so, um, and I say that because I was on Facebook this, today as well, and I love Pastor Jesse Duplantis, but he put a post about Galatians. I can't remember the chapter, but he put a post on there that he was talking about racism. Um, you know, he was saying, well, you know, the word says that there's neither Jew nor Greek, and there's neither, you know, male or female, because we're all one in the sight of God. And so we shouldn't be, you know, so consumed and worried about racism. I said, well, when I got, when I know that there are people that are calling themselves Christians that are racist sitting in the church trying mm-hmm. to praise God and trying to worship him in spirit and in truth, you can't tell me that a person that is racist mm-hmm. can enter into the kingdom of God. And God, okay. nowhere ever does he talk about being racist in the word of God. He would always tell the people, don't intermingle and don't marry them because of their beliefs. They don't believe in the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jesus. They don't believe in those gods. It was it had nothing to do with the color of their skin. So we don't serve a God that talks about racism. Why do, why are we allowing these things to not just creep into the church because we've surpassed creeping? Why are we allowing these things to blatantly be open in our churches and no one says nothing? But like the lady said earlier, but we want to pray about everything. If people look at the life of Jesus, they will see that he was a man that dealt with social issues. He held people accountable for their actions. He dealt with the lady at the, at the well who was in an adulterous relationship who was shacking up. Because I tell people shacking is in the Bible. Because when he met that lady, he said, the man that you with ain't your husband. That's right. He dealt with shacking up. He dealt with adultery. He dealt with, with poverty. He dealt with people that were cheating and that were thieves and that were liars. He dealt with them. And so we people want to say, I want to be like Jesus, but yet when these issues come up, they start to back up. All the time. Yet when these issues come up, they don't want to stand up and say anything. I have somebody to tell me, well, you're being, you're so emotionally charged. If I'm emotionally charged about issues that people refuse to address, then so be it. I'll be emotionally charged right. because I know what God has called me to do. And it is not to sit back and to watch Thank things you. that are going on, to watch my brothers and sisters be ridiculed, to watch them be killed in the church or outside of the church, and I just sit back and say I'm going to pray about it. That is not what God has called us to do. And so I put on my Facebook, you can get mad if you want to. I don't care if you delete me. But God don't want, nor does he need, powered soldiers in his army. He doesn't mm-hmm. need powered soldiers. That's right. He doesn't need it. And so we have to understand, what is my calling? Am I called to speak up? Am I called mm-hmm. to speak out? Or am I called to be an intercessor? Because if God called you to be an intercessor, then don't you say anything because you will mess something up. But if he has called you to be one of those bold leaders that will stand on the front line and declare the word of God and still love people and speak the truth in love, then that's what we are called to do. And if yeah. we need more leaders and we need more pastors that will say, hey, if you see me doing something, please come and tell me. We don't have yeah. leaders that want want people to tell them the truth because they probably, oh, really? like somebody said earlier, trying to think that they're God. Mm-hmm. That's the whole problem. You, we got 
gospel people, people out here that preach the word of God. I mean, the literal mm-hmm. word of God. And people don't want to follow them. They want to follow these guys they see on TV or, Amen. or God, a guy that wants to come there with a lot of trickery and sorcery and start acting like they can heal people, and then you heal for a week or two weeks, and then you go back to being sick again. Don't want to run the house. You know what I'm saying? So somebody what happened in the hearing? God to you and tell you the truth about how you're living, and you get mm-hmm. a book mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to you about your sins, you don't want to have mm-hmm. nothing to do with them because you don't want the truth. People say they want the truth, but they don't really want it. But you know what? Can I um say something because I've yeah. been on here a little bit a long time. What's your name? Um, this is Apostle Mary McMiller. Hi. And uh, yes, and I was asked to get on by um, Sister Satoya and Satanya, and I just want to say something before I get off because I just picked up my kids and stuff. But let me say this to all of you: um, it's a lot of healing that just plain and simple need on this phone. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because, number one, the word is the word all by itself. And we all have read the word of God. And it's a shame to be so angry at what the world is having when the word already spoke it. And at times what we do is allow the flesh to come up because of what happens in the natural world. But the Bible tells us that we are to be spiritual-minded. The Bible also says work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. There's a lot of people that don't have no fear in God, so what happens is there's a lot of things come up. To be honest, none of us can blame nobody for nothing because it was already written, it was already spoken. And when the things is already written and spoken, the only thing left is not only prayer and fasting, but also to make sure we walk out the word before the people. Now, I'm going to deal with something that was said earlier. Um, I don't focus on leaders. I don't. Um, They could call me Mary. I really don't care about my title. I worked hard to get to my position, but I really don't care about it. What I do care about is that I'm living right, walking right, talking right, and making sure that who follows me understands that I'm living holy, walking holy, talking holy, and I am holy. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And a lot of times what happens is that us as people allow the enemy to overtake what is holy because of what the world don't want to do. I believe Sister Santanya said um, something else. She mentioned about um, about the people, about the church and all of this and that, and I believe another man of God mentioned something about the church. But what's happening is I'm not just hearing people discussing, I'm hearing anger. And when anger step up because of what a decision that man made, it ain't just one preacher could come out, two preachers, five thousand preachers could come out. But the Bible said it's 144,000 made it into heaven. And if oh. we don't understand that the word is the word all by itself, it don't matter. At the end of the day, this world is being made according to the word of God, not according to us. And that's what we're not understanding. We're in a generation now that we don't want to just happen to deal with what's happening. No, I do not believe in homosexual marriages, but I do also agree what, what Sister Satanya said about that not only homosexual marriage is in trouble, but gossip and preachers is in trouble. Not only is gossip and preachers and people in trouble, it's not just the preachers, it's people, lay members, just as bad as the leaders. 
And if we sit there and we look at it, it's a lot in the church going on. It's not just the preachers. It's not just about the preachers. No, it's but also the pastor's about leader. the people no, that's in the uh-uh. body of Christ in general. No. That we were given a commission. We was told what to do. We was instructed by the word of God to do a certain thing. Before I got saved, I still listened to the leader. And not only did I listen to the leader, it wasn't up to the leader. It was up to me to take the word of God home and go study the word for myself so that if the leader tried to be manipulative, deceptive, I already know the word and they can't trick me. So even now to this day, a leader cannot trick me. They can't fool me because I read the word. Not only do I read the big words, but I read the little words. If and they, the, you can't fool me. Make sure you go and start reading your words. A lot of this preaching and teaching is off of familiar teaching to familiar sermons. It ain't off of what we done read ourselves. It's off of what somebody else done said, and then we go quote the misquote the scripture. For instance, the, let's touch and agree. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says we are to agree and then touch. But what happens is, is a lot of people touch and then they agree and then they get them same spirits on themselves and then we wonder what's happening because we're not reading the whole passage. So we got to understand that it's got to come to a place that how many times Jesus couldn't have did the assignment unless he went on top of the mountaintop and he went to travail before God in order to be able to walk the assignment. The problem is is that the people don't want to travail no more to walk out an assignment. So what's happening is that the world got more power and more authority than leadership. And when bold leaders like myself, because I really don't care, come up. They don't understand that leaders are to me are to tell the truth. The apostles is not in position like God commanded them to do when Christ told them to go and he told them what to do. But instead of them going and saying what God say, say, what they have done is go out and put themselves up on a pedestal like I told them and I preached it in my sermon. I'll give a darn if you wear lethargical garments. I don't care if you put on your mitre, your coat, it don't matter. I don't care if you walk with your clothes on. I don't care if you walk with whatever. You can put on your cast socks. You can put on your pastoral robe, evangelistic robe. You can put on your usher's gear. But if your spiritual man and your heart ain't clean, you still walking in vain. So it does yeah. not matter. At the end of the day, the heart's got to get clean, and the heart's going to have to get pure. The woman of God wanted me to say this, that, I wrote a book recently. I wrote nine books, but two of the main books that I wrote, the last two was, one of them is, um, no, last three, one of the the books is somebody mentioned about spiritual warfare. That's what I specialize in. I don't play with demons. I don't play with spirits. I fasted too much. I pray too much to make sure that other people can live right. I don't have time to sit there and play around. If you don't know spiritual warfare, you better learn. If you have not, nobody has taught you, you better get in a position to learn that number one, before you can fight any demonic force, you're going to have to get in a position of prayer. And if a whole bunch of people is going to continue to um, not be in that position, what's going to happen is, is that there's going to be more people spiritually dying because they don't even know what a, um, the spirit of Korah is. They're confusing with Absalom and they're confusing Jezebel. They don't know when Abigail or whoever, they don't know when Ahab is in operation. They don't know when any spirit is in operation because they're calling out familiar spirits that's been taught. 
We don't know when the spirit of Dayton is in position because of the spirits that's being taught instead of studying like the Bible said to show thyself or prove that you as a workman be not ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. At the end of the day, what are you doing as a, as a person of God? Forget titles, forget leaders. What are we as a people doing? No, we can't doing? forget that, no. No, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I love you, but I understand what you're saying. And I wrote it goes further than that. And no. I wrote the book about the spirits, the, the the demonic forces. And then I turned around and wrote a book called Leading and Bleeding, a bunch of bleeding leaders going around bleeding because they didn't got hurt by leaders or the leaders didn't got hurt by people. And they just going around and dropping blood but got the microphones in their hand. Then you got the book Hurt People, Hurt People Greater. I've been defibrillated to love again. I did the woman of I mentioned about her legal play. Well, my book is made up into a courtroom, and it's talking about how it's been illegal to hurt the hearts of people. And if we don't get to a place that it is the heart is not pure, God is going to be, God is already angry. And it ain't got nothing to do with just homosexuality. It ain't got nothing just to do with the leaders. It ain't got to do with us as a people, a church. A church that the Bible said he won without a spot or a wrinkle. No, and there's a lot no. of spots and wrinkles on the on people in general. Amen. Not just leaders. It's, not just It's all um, about change. I respect you and everything, but it's all about oh, change. And to the pastor and everybody at the in charge, until they come out of those four walls, get out in the street and work on these souls out here and stop worrying about a dollar bill and all this stuff. No, I'm sorry to say that's why black churches are the way they are now, because they stuck up in that wall and scared to get out to get out on the but front line. But I'm not line. talking What's about the problem? walls, man. No, I'm not talking about was the able, walls. No, I'm homosexual was able to get that law passed. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, thank you. All right, um, Sister Satania, I got Praise on here, but I'm going to tell you something. And I'm just saying this. I love your spirit. Your, I love your spirit. You're such a sweet person. But... I'm just saying this to make it clear. It's not just about four walls. Everybody is not called outside the four walls as we read our Bible. Well, I'm, called called the the I'm called oh, around the globe. I'm called around the globe. That's not in the four walls. No. I'm called See, around the globe. But everybody not is not called to the same thing. No, so everybody needs to go need. on outside the four walls. I just okay, but you, we cannot, you cannot I, make I, nobody do what they're not called no, to do. No, no, not make, but you say. need to go on outside the walls where the problem is. That's the problem. We set these four walls in the church doing everything ungodly that's possible, but scared going outside of the walls. The problem is on the outside of the wall. What do you mean everybody's not not called to go outside the walls? Everybody should go on the outside of the walls. Okay, you say frustrated, man of God, because of the fact that you said what they should do. No, I'm telling the truth. I heard people like you talk all the time. It's not right. The problem is on the outside of the walls. That's why so much problem in the church. Ho, 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 Money, 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 money. It's not right. Ho, ho, you don't know me. I'm going to tell it like it is. But I will not be getting on no more because it's killing leaders and all people is not the same. But man, you don't bash people. But that's a no no. That's a no no. You just said it. Everybody doesn't have the same ministry. But what we have to do is hear one another. But I don't have a problem with him, but he's just not saying that it's people like me. So he just threw off on me. I'm not them people. Listen to me. Listen to me. So everybody doesn't have the same calling. But what we have to do is be able to hear one another 
because your experience is different from someone else's. So I don't have a problem with that, ma'am. That's but okay. Well, the only thing I'm saying is I'm finna. This is all I'm gonna say. I'm finna get ready. I've been sitting on this phone for the last 45 minutes listening to a whole lot of stuff. I sat there quietly for 45 minutes. There's not one time that I threw off on nobody, but as he said, people like me, no, that was a throw-off. you got to be careful because everybody is not the same. I love all people. In the walls, out the walls, I do it like Christ did it. So if we can't do it like Christ did it, it's still going to be out of order. I love your line because of what you got going on because everybody needs to be learning something, as you said. But I can't do the bashing of leaders or the bashing. That's what God called me to, to get leaders back in place that's out of position. But to bash people, that's not God. God did. Jesus never bashed no one. Not one time. Okay, so God doesn't bash people. But let's go back to the commission that you said. Let's go back to the commission. What did Jesus call all of us as people to do? Not leaders. But what go did Jesus ye into call? the world and make ye disciples of all men. He said to he go, said, he said, for go and teach all nations. He said so, to go and, out so and whether, the gospel. So whether, hold on a minute, hold on. So whether we're a pastor or whether we're the janitor that cleans the church, as believers in the body of Christ, we all have the same commission, which is to go ye therefore and, and teach all exactly. And all the nations. We all have all the same commission. There is no title to that commission. Exactly. And so the message is being lost that, again, and this is what I think I hear him say, is that when pastors who have been called or even like the movie displays, somebody tells them you have a calling on your life, uh-huh. you have to forget the great commission to go. The goal does not mean I'm in the confines of the building. We exactly. as believers are the body of Christ. We are the church. We exactly. are the temple where the Holy Ghost dwells. And so every time we forget that, there's a problem. Every time I forget that I'm supposed to go be there for and teach all nations, Whatever that nation is that God has called me to, he told me to go to it. He didn't tell the people to come to me. I've been in churches to where the church has prayed heaven down to bring the prostitutes in, the drug dealers in, the alcoholics. Let me tell you what happened. Because they were not properly trained and didn't go to find out where these people are coming from, the people did not stay. Why? Because they were... You see what I'm saying? So we got to make sure that, like you said, that we know the word of God and that we're Amen. hearing one another. Because when the word says to go, it's not limited to a pastor. It's exactly. not limited to this person. But, 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 but our leaders, we do have to hope. There is a level of accountability there. Come on, exactly. You see what I'm and saying? That's, that's what I'm saying. And that's, that's what exactly I think what I'm hear. saying. I think both of y'all are saying the same thing, but from, your, from each of your different experiences, it brings on a different emotion and it brings on a different passion. But I think you're Look. fine, woman of God. You are fine. You were on it. You, you gave it. You gave the enemy the business. And we got to be careful that we don't allow the enemy to use this platform to cause division and to cause yeah. our hearts. You know what I'm saying? You said That's what you right. needed to say. It was on That's point. That's right. That's right. Amen. But, but first I want to say this. The, um, you know, I'm, I also try to make myself clear that this platform is not for, it's not pastor bashing. 
is bringing attention to error, bringing awareness. Exactly. You know, because when you when you're spiritually blind, because a baby has to grow in Christ, okay. And when you're spiritually blind, a lot of things can happen. I'm going to tell you, I walked into a church, and I promise you, uh, you know, every church don't represent the kingdom of God, okay? There was all kind of stuff going on over my head, okay? And and I would tell myself, did I I just see that? You know, and then when you shoot, you can't say the major. I'm sitting up here telling myself, no, you didn't just see that. No, that didn't happen. Yes, it did. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just because I had grew up under real leadership, real teaching, and I'm sitting up here acting like I'm fooling myself because I saw what I saw, and I didn't think that those type of things would happen in the church. And so when hurt people hurt people, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a lot of problems. But a person go into the church to be healed, saved, delivered, mm-hmm. and free, all of those things. And when mm-hmm. the person walks out, nobody has no business walking outside of the church more damaged than mm-hmm. they did when they walk in. Okay. Because right. it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Amen. I, um, I thank you, Satanya. Uh, uh-huh. That's the same thing I said. That's the name of my book. Hurt people, hurt people greater. It ain't got past just hurting people, hurt people. It ain't got to where hurt people, hurt people greater. That people don't went into the church that thought they was going to be healed because they hear that the church is a hospital. And when they mm-hmm. find out the church is a hospital, there's no surgeons in there, there's no doctors in there. And I'm not talking about right. theological. I'm talking about there's no one, um, not too many. Let me, let me not say no one. There's some a lot of people missing, a lot of heart missing. The love is not in the church. That's why right. people keep saying get back to the basics because the right. basics is what love is what the basics is John uh, John 3.16 is the basics if the leaders can get love in their heart and they love the way that Christ loved the church and they love people the way that God loved Christ and if they start loving again people will stop being hurt there's a lot of church hurt and let me say yes. this in my book I got one mm-hmm. chapter my first chapter says broken by the unknown I don't even know what tore me up. It ain't just me, but it's just people. They don't know what then destroyed them and made them not even want to walk into a church door. Then the second chapter is called Broken in Ministry by the Church. I, I done served. I done been a leader. I did everything that the words say, but here goes. The church, that's just, that's a few members now. They'll tow up the leaders. Then I got one in there that says, why should I, or what about salvation? Why should I get saved? And this is what the church is like. See, the, and then I got one saying Ahab on the move. You got married couples in the church, and they supposed to be leaders, and they fighting worse than the pew members. That's right. Come on, yeah. And there's so That's much right. going in the church that That's it's right. not a church no more. It's not a hospital. The only thing that it is is a building with a bunch of fake that, folks yeah. in the church. You not right. only That's a bunch right. of fake folks, but a bunch of wounded people. Not only a bunch mm-hmm. of wounded people, but they familiar uh-huh. now with I need to go to church because this is what I know. What about going uh-huh. to church because I need it? That ain't that's not happening anymore. There's no right. church, no leaders. They don't want to tell the truth because I'll lose a, a, a member. I don't care about losing no member. Do you think that's we're right. gonna actually have a bunch of, of full churches? Anybody with a full church will be a lie. 
Because it's not going to be a bunch of full churches. And if we focus on the word of God and it's done the way that the word say do it, I guarantee you it won't be so many frustrated people. Do you know that I got more peace? than a lot of leaders because I mm-hmm. learned to focus on the word the way I was. I, I taught myself to focus because I don't have time to be unfocused and I'm leading people. I don't have to be time to um, be unfocused and I travel the world or I'm outside doing tent revivals or whatever it takes to build the body of Christ. It, it, all the thing my focus is is, God, how do you want this thing done? Because if the body of Christ don't get back focused, then it's still right. going to be a whole bunch of people tore up, and it's starting from the head going on down. Thank you. And, exactly. and that's what's Amen. happening. And it's a, it, that's the problem. And that's why when we get together, it's a whole bunch of confusion because it's right. not focused back at what we originally was called to do. And we was called to save souls no matter where they come from, no matter their nationality, no matter what's what we was called to save a people. There was no uh, respect of person. That's what the Bible says. He has no respect of person. But when we get ready to deal with that, then we get ticked off because now this person do this and this person like this. No, the Bible says he has no respect of person. We don't know who could get saved and delivered off of what your testimony might be. But what didn't happen is, is that people don't forget that where they come from. I used to mm-hmm. be in this position, or I used to do this, and now that we done got saved, we no longer care because you're doing this, so uh, you're going to hell. But what about what you did? Oh, and that's, that's where the focus is. We all done did something wrong from even being saved. From from the from the streets on down. I'm from the streets. I'm not. Li- I'm, I live in Florida, but I'm not from Florida. But right. with, with the with the same thing, I've done stuff. I've done a whole lot, safe and unsafe. But I learned mm-hmm. to go back to God, just like David did before I got to where I am. I'm all right now, but back in the day, I wasn't all right. I was going to church, clubbing and going to church, in the choir, mm-hmm. staying there, doing everything, sleeping around, fornicating the Dutch. I did it all mm-hmm. out there. So I got to go after the same people that people reject and sit there and say, listen, you can live again. But when will we get that mindset that you can help who's been crushed and broken? I was a pregnant teen. I had my first child at 16. But now people, the parents kick them on out the door or people kick them on out the door because they don't have patience to deal with what they used to be. Hurt people. Hurt people because they can't forgive their own self. You got to forgive yourself for what you done done or whoever done done and, and start yeah. back loving the way Christ did. Christ didn't throw away the widow, um, the woman at the well. Christ did not sit there and throw away um, um, Mary Magdalene. He didn't do none of that, but we throw him away. And that's not cool, nor is that fair. That's not Christ-like. That's why we have to be careful. I think somebody said to say that we want to be like Christ because being like Christ means you're going to go through a lot to love for That's real. Right. Just want to say that. Amen. 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 Satania. Yes. Please get her. I want to have her on my call. Please do oh. that. I love okay. to have her on my, my, uh, my radio show. Okay. Okay. Could you uh, tell everybody where to get your book, Miss Mary? Sister Mary? I'm sorry, www.trgm.org. Or, or net. 
Can you get that one more time, please? www.godtouchproduction.net. Tag it to my wall, Sister Mary, as well, so that uh, just in case, because your phone was breaking up a little bit. Okay. 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 Do we have Latonya still on? She got to unmute her phone. Okay, the floor is open. Okay, Mr. Tanya, this is Evelyn again. I didn't say very much, but um, I did want to let uh, let you all know that I am. I will have a book out this fall um, as a co-author along with the U.S. Congressman. Um, we're writing a book about Dream to Achieve, and it's a, a book for young people on how what we can do to um, help them become leaders and get them out of the gangs and out of the drug gangs. So I'm I'm really excited about that. So I'm gonna have the opportunity to walk through the hood and just ask some of the youth, what is it that that we can do to help them get out of the situations that they're in? And uh, you know that is a part of ministry for me. When you can go out and reach these young people. Um, you know, we we show them, we show them love, and then we we show them the love of God. So I mean, we a lot of people like Mister um, saying they throw the young people away because they see all the things that they're doing, but all they're looking for is some love, genuine love from somebody, or to know that somebody cares about them. And that's also what I'm for extreme change. We have young ladies that couldn't afford to buy clothes, modeling, and and for their photo shoot, we've um, we bought them clothes. We were able to get them photo shoot, and now they're auditioning for fashion shows. So and sometimes, you know, there's different ways that we can see people. Um, and then, you know, who they see the love, then they want to go to church. And they want to hear about God. Uh, Sister Evelyn, we heard some of what you said, but your phone was breaking up. But I want to thank you for writing your book because you know I've been on you about it for years. <laughs> so I'm glad you got you got started on it. It's like I told everybody: the hardest part about writing a book is taking the time out to do it. That's right. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I think a lot. Somebody, it, it was echoing really bad. Okay. Okay. And is Sister Stephanie still on the line? Yes, I'm here. Could you tell them a little bit about your play? Uh, Stephanie wrote her play, I think, during, between the third and the fourth season of us. Uh, you know, uh, doing the uh, panel discussion, and um, she just one day took out the time to write it, and it came to life, and 
I like the message in it. Amen. Well, it's about a um, it's about a single Christian woman who's who's fighting temptation with God since her husband, and she kind of like kind of take it upon herself to look for her husband until she find out that that's not the way. So it just you know shows a lot, a lot of things that some young women have to face, like myself. You know, just trying to hold out and stand fast until God sent us a husband. We have to go against our friends, family. We got to listen to everyone saying, okay, you know, it's not going to ever happen because it's 2015. Sex is so available. There's no way you can find a man that's going to marry you without you giving it up to him. So my play just really shows that, you know, if you just hold out, stand fast, and keep the faith and lean on God that, you know, he will give you the desires of your heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. The floor is open, you guys, if anybody have anything to say or question or what have you. So, Tanya, I have a question. This is Adia. Um, Hi, Okay. I just wanted to get, you know, somebody else's, I guess, perspective on when you were talking earlier and you said that you had asked several pastors to how do they, how do you, you know, I guess, the order. pastor down? Um. I guess I just wanted to know what other people, what, what were their thoughts about that, and how did that help you as far as moving forward to write the, to write the play? Okay, my thoughts, how did they respond? I really didn't get too much of a response from hardly any of them. It was only one that sat down with me and explained it all to me. Um, you know, I think the question was really shocking because, yeah, and 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 I, you know, it, it the way I'm responding, I, I, that's what I received. But uh, I think that in their in in a few of them, they was like, I'm not gonna sit up here and tell you how to sit me down, you know, and so forth like that because I had to find, I found out after the movie was released that I had a lot of people mad at me, okay, and I didn't even know it. And the reason why they were mad is because the movie had hit home with a lot of people. So they may have been hoarding a lot of information from me because they didn't want me to show the general public the order of sitting them down. You see what wow. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... It, it took me two years later to find out. I'm gonna tell you one of the one of the ladies, uh, a lady approached me uh, a few years ago. After, uh, you know, a couple years after I released the first movie, and she said, "Was well, Tanya? I was doing such and such hair," and she was like, "You know, da 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 da." And I was like, "What?" And it bothered me because I grew up with this girl, okay? And she was mad because she thought that I wrote the movie on her family just because of the title, okay? I had no idea what they had went through, but she told off on herself by saying those things that she said. And so just so happened it was her dad that I, he was one of the people that I asked the question to, okay? 
And he you know, and that's the response that I got from a lot of them because what I didn't know is a lot of them was guilty of a pregnant by the pastor type of situation. So that's why I didn't get a great response. I only got one response. Did I wow. ask you a question? You did, and I really thank you for for sharing that because I think, you know, what we're seeing is that when people are living in those areas still or maybe still being delivered from them that they don't want it to they don't want it to necessarily come out because for a lot of people they do they I guess they they the spirit of conviction. But that's what we need in our churches. We need our we need leaders and we need all believers to be convicted and that's the Holy Spirit's job. And anytime excuse me, anytime we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do its job, it's quenching the spirit. And so we continue to see the perpetuation of generations of generations of people going to churches and that same generational curse being in the church or being inside families because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he's supposed to do. It's to convict us. It is to rebuke mm-hmm. us. It is to bring reproof. It is to, to mm-hmm. encourage us and to edify us. But we got to let the Holy Spirit do it. we got to let him move and bring mm-hmm. on the deliverance so that when we preach the word of God, we can preach about adultery not just because we've never done it, but because God delivered us from it. And so we know what it's like to go through adultery and be sitting in the church and hoping that somebody don't find out that we're living in sin. But mm-hmm. when you have gone through it, you can preach it or you can have a testimony with conviction to say, baby, I know what you're going through. And you may mm-hmm. seem, may feel like it's right, but it's not. Why? Because mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I thank you so much. I, it, that blessed me. Because that blessed me. Mm-hmm. I thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, you know, for the love and the support. I'm going to tell you, it is not easy um, working a platform such as this because a lot of people have been bound for a long time, and a lot of people need to speak their voice, and a lot of there's so many needs, you know, so it helps a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And, you know, the support and the love, it strengthens me to carry on, you know, with the race. And I really appreciate everybody for coming on the line. And I really appreciate, you know, um, you know, people hanging in there with me because it's not an easy task. When God gives you an assignment, you got to see it through. And it's going to get rough. It's going to get tough. You know, and sometimes you feel like giving up, you get tired, but you need support. You need people to encourage you along the way. So, you know, a lot of times people look at things from the outside looking in, and it looks so beautiful, but a person don't know what a person, one person will really go through, you know, carrying a task, okay? So, you know, I just advise you, uh, anyone that when God give you an assignment, seek it out. You know, work it out. You know, work on it because He's gonna cover you throughout the process, and He's gonna send people your way to keep you encouraged and keep you built up, so that you won't pour yourself all the way out. You see what I'm saying? Amen. That was for somebody. <laughs> Amen. I, 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 can I can I just say something? Yes, sir. Um, one of the things is that a lot of people, 
and why you didn't get answers like you wanted to get. Because a lot of them, like you said earlier, they didn't want you to see how to sit them down. But the Bible, right. the, the Bible instructs us on how to on how somebody has to live before you as a leader when you go into First Timothy and you read about a bishop. And it tells you the whole characteristics that a man must walk under in order to be in leadership. Mm-hmm. And if he's not walking in, 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 in according to the word of God and his leadership, then he is to be sat down. He's got, he's mm-hmm. got to be husband or one wife. He can't be jerking around with a whole bunch of women in the church if he's doing that. And he's got to be sat down. He's got to have his own house in order. He ain't got his house in order. How can he keep the house of God in order? So the Bible tells on on what to look for in order to know the right character that a leader should have. And if he's not living according to that character, he's drinking wine and all that other stuff that you, when you go on First Timothy, the third chapter you read, then you need to go to your bishop, you need to go to whoever the overseer over that church, and you need to bring your own, you need to bring your blame about this man before him. Because the Bible says that a leader should be blameless. So, mm-hmm. And the husband to one wife. That's right. She's got to be a, a, a wife to one husband. Huh? If she's a woman, she's got to be a wife to one husband. I mean, we gotta we gotta understand the whole structure of the church is what by the word of God. It ain't by us. Also, I want to say this too. I just want to encourage. Go. Somebody has something to say. Yeah, I just want to ask a question. Okay. Well, who who am I speaking with? Oh, this is Stephanie. I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. So, um, if you're dating, right? If you're dating someone, both of you guys are single, and both of you guys are Christian, I mean, is it a sin if you, um, um, come on, tell it. Any, okay, um, is there any faith intimacy you could, like, you know, when you're dating a person? Like maybe holding hands or kissing, is that like really a sin if you have control of that? If you have control, if you have control of the situation. Well, I, I, don't play in that I, I, fire, baby. Don't play in that fire, baby. Don't play in that fire. That's right. That's right. Don't because play in that fire. That's right. Any physical yeah, you play in fire, you get burned. That's right. Any physical touching and all like that, the Bible says that's right. over, over in First Corinthians, in the seventh chapter, it says that a man shall not touch a woman. That's right. So, you know, you know, it tells us right there that we don't need to be, you know, because if we get to kissing and hugging and doing Come on now. Something's going to happen. That's right. That's why when I hear people in leadership say, well, I've been going out with this woman for eight years, and we ain't never done that. And I say, you, you, you ought to stop lying. You're telling the lie. You're lying because ain't no way. I'm a man, and I could be with no woman eight years, and we ain't married, and we ain't tried to do something. I'm a a woman, my brother, and you're not going to be with me eight years and not going to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Stewart will tell you, and if you was a part of my church, I'll tell you what I do with the young people in my church. They have a chaperone. 
And if grown mm-hmm. people come together mm-hmm. and tell me they want to be together, they get a chaperone. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't go to each other's house, y'all meet in public. Mm-hmm. And y'all got a chaperone. Because, because you got to have some kind of order. Because if I let y'all get together, the flesh is discerning for each other. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the flesh will get the things of the flesh. And believe me, your flesh is one day is going to take over because the Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the flesh is weak. Amen. Um, Amen. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, we have Latanya back on. Uh, Latanya. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, would you care to share a little bit about your book? Um, the one of the books um, that I'm working on, uh, it's called Sanctified Sexuality, and it um, basically, um, it's a book that deals with. Uh, encouraging people to maintain their sexual purity, and it also talks about uh, sexual perversion. It breaks it down um, from all different, excuse me, from all different levels, um, from those that have lived, um, maybe those that are struggling um, with um, a lifestyle of whether it's fornication, adultery, because it all makes up perversion. Perversion is like a tree, and they're different, you know, there's a root to it. And um, so basically this book is going to deal with um, the root of perversion, and the goal is to restore the individual uh, to live in a lifestyle of holiness because we're living in, in a society now where sexual perversion is so prevalent, from homosexuality to fornicating to, mm-hmm. to shacking to, to mm-hmm. stripping, human sex tra- I mean human trafficking. And so basically um, from a Christian biblical perspective, I'm going to talk about sex. I'm going to talk about the root of it, how to be free, um, how to walk in purity, and um, and just being delivered and restored in that area, um, and and just um, walking in sexual integrity because that's what's lacking uh, in today's um, generation: sexual integrity. Amen. So it's a really good book. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the question? That'll be powerful. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait till Latonya release it. You know, <laughs> I uh, I want to say this too, okay? And this to all of the people that have. I, I want to say this to all of the people that have projects, have assignments, and you know, whether it is a book, play, movie, a ministry, okay? Be careful, okay, of allowing other people to control your platform, okay? Because God gave it to you for a reason, okay? So I just want you to be mindful of that and stay prayerful, you know, about everything that he has placed in your hands, you know, uh, even with the advice that people give you so that you won't be served wrong, so you can just be led by the Spirit of God or whatever he has placed within you and and how and allow him to guide you, okay? Because I'm going to tell you something. People think I'm really younger than what I really am, okay? And I have so many people that have come to me and say, you should do this or you should do that and this is that and this is that. But I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time I shut them down and just tell them, let God do this. I I never try to control the panel. I never try to control anything because 
whatever happened is supposed to happen, okay? So I always say back, I'll start everything, and I'll say back and let everything work itself out. That's just the way I do it. You know, just stay prayerful with your mission, okay? Stay prayerful with your ministry, okay? And, and support each other, you know. That's what I have to say. Does anybody have anything uh, to say? Because uh, we're getting ready to close out pretty soon. Amen. I'm going to ask that sister before you. Do her book tell, you know, because I heard you talk about uh, sexual things. Do your book talk about sex? Um, somebody, somebody's background is really loud, and we can't hear. I'm moving. It's David Bean. I'm moving out the way. Hey, David. What's up, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. What was your question, Pastor Carpenter? Yeah, I want to ask this whole book talk. Tell people about how to date. Hello? Okay. Brother Carpenter, you just broke your within oh, here. Everything you said. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. I want yeah. to ask... Uh, as a book talks about, you know, sex, you know, abstaining from sex and all that, do you tell do you tell people on how to handle themselves while they're dating? Um, yes. I mean, I go into that, um, and I come from the perspective um, being um, that I can relate to, you know, um, because this book is predominantly for, I'm not going to say just for young people, um, it's from, you know, from teenagers up, pretty much. I mean, really preteens and up. Um, and I come from different perspectives. Um, there will be a section in the book where I will deal with um, courtship and dating um, because a lot of people have a, a, a misconception about what dating actually is um, as, as, as opposed to thinking it's just a social thing when it's actually um, they, they don't really know what, it, what dating really um you know, um, God's standards and, and, and things in regards to that. So I will cover that in the section of the book. But this book um, is primarily for those that are struggling in their sexuality. They want to live in integrity, and they want real answers, and they want real principles that are going to really help them. Um, Amen. I took everything from the Word of God that's in the book. I use personal uh, stories as well. Um, and, and things of that nature, and this is to really help. It's not to bash, but it's, um, I speak the truth as well because only the truth is going to help, you know, individuals get free. But um, it's, um, it's 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 a really good thing, book, and I believe it's going to bless a lot of people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Brother Bean is on here. David Bean, he's an author of I don't know how many books. David, you care to share? Uh, something about your books? Yeah, probably about 15, 16. I'm working on a couple now. But, you know, the whole thing is, I'm, I mean, I listened for a while. I had to go back and forth because my son was actually playing the game. But, you okay. know, I, I was listening. Coming yeah, but what I was listening to is um, on dating. You know, actually, we were doing a teaching on that recently, and um we were actually going over because some of the people was asking, how do you know who to date, when not to date? And, you know, our thing was that if God gives you that person, you know, how to date. And for women, it's important to have positive male role models, spiritual role models in your life. Because when a woman meets a man, she's supposed to actually take that guy that she want to date 
to those guys and get approval. If it's three guys, she needs all three to give approval, five, five, because if they've taken care of her and watched her and guarded her, they know her. They can teach this guy. But a lot of times if he, if this guy don't want to meet the people that's, that's spiritual guidance in her life, yeah. then, then that guy needs to be discarded. You know, and then with the, with the means, I mean, there's so much that I've learned. I've learned so much as far as the means. God say a woman needs to be a helpmate. You know, I think a lot of guys, when they date, they're looking for somebody to take care of them. They're looking for a mother as opposed to learning what helpmate. That means, you know, that I'm supposed to be willing to come home. I'm supposed to be willing to clean. I'm supposed to be willing. Now, anything we decide to do other than that, because if I'm the provider, the protector, when Eve met Adam, Adam was taking care of some things. He was doing some things. You can't be a helpmate if, it's not, if he's doing nothing. And I think, you know, they, a lot of people don't date because they, they feel that, they're, that men sometimes, and, and I hate to say it, they feel like we want them to be slaves, you know. So there's a lot that I think, and I hope the book, because I want, I, I want to read the book. I want to see really the points that it really covers because I think that's, that's really important because we're losing this generation, I mean, really, really fast. Um, but anyway... Um, I like what's going on. I love the movie. The movie Satanya is a great actor. Have y'all seen have y'all seen the movie? Everybody seen the movie? Oh, yeah. she looks serious. She's so serious. I like that. But anyway, you know, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I love the form. I love what it's doing and I hope that truths and truth come out of this. I hope that it changes and transforms people's lives, starting with us on the panel. You know, because we all need help. We all need to glean from each other and you know, so I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, what I have to say. We, we, we were asking you about your book. Tell us well, about I mean, your I've, book. Got, I've, got, I've got God's plan to get you out of debt, faith is. I've got um, Anger in the Christian Life, Parts 1 and 2. Um, so I mean, I, I, what's the name of it? Anger in the Christian Life, Parts 1 and Part 2. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Anger in the Christian Life, it deals with... How the Bible says we can anger, but sin not. A lot of times, anger is just a guide. It, it, it tells us that we've reached an area that we've not perfected, an area that we've not resolved. And so anger is fine. It's just a gauge. The Bible says sin not. So we don't want to get over into rage, you know. And, and, and that's, that's, but we use it as a weapon as opposed to a guide because we've been taught that way. If you get angry, if you get angry, you get angry. And so what it does, it, it tells them things to help um lessen the anger. It tells us things that we can do. It tells us uh, places that we can go. It tells us how to know our triggers and our cues. You know, it tells us, uh, give us questions to ask ourselves once we feel ourselves getting to that point. Do I want to go to jail? Do I want to go home? Do I want to go to more? Or do I want to go home? Just, you know, because again, we have cues. Everybody's got cues, things that anger them, and we already know what they are. So if we know, then it should be easier for us to not get into that area. But again, like I say, a lot of times with men in the Samson syndrome, what we do, we tend to use anger as a weapon because we've, been, we've not been told that, you know, so we disregard things. And, and it's because of anger or areas that we've not resolved or somebody hadn't helped us to overcome or understand. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Anger in the Christian life parts one and two. Okay. But, you know, okay. again, it, it, it just deals with us and, and keep us so we can keep things in perspective because when we're angry, then we act as someone else all the time. It's not really us, you know. And then it's easy for suggestions from the enemies and friends and or so-called friends to get in us when we're angry because we're not thinking in our right mind. And again, like I say, anger is more of a friend than it is a foe when you learn to use it. Okay, okay. 
Well, thank you for sharing that information. And I want to say this, too, to everybody that's on the line, on the panel, everyone. Um, there's a lot going on in today's time. And if we try not to focus on what's going on in the physical but keep be alert and be aware of what's going on and try to just stay focused in the, on the spiritual side of things and where we are uh, in, in our Christ-like walk, then we'll be fine. You know, um, we don't want to walk in fear or anything right. like that and don't let anything frighten you because you have God on your side. So I just wanted to leave everybody with that, and from with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Carpenter. We get ready to close out, you guys. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for you know sharing your information, your stories, your 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 uh, your projects, and uh, thank you for the love and the support, you guys. Uh, this is going to be our last Tuesday coming on the panel. We're going to come back on a Saturday at twelve o'clock. Okay. Um, after the week after the 4th of July, we'll come back on. And uh, you guys will be hearing from me by text, via text message uh, and Facebook and so forth and telephone calls. So thank you guys for, you know, uh, following this panel and, you know, just being a voice. And, and uh, you never know who all that's just not saying anything, who all you're helping, okay? Because everybody, I get a lot of responses and, a lot of people, you know, walk away with a lot, okay? And it's helping a lot of people. So, you know, thank you guys, okay? And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Carpenter. Amen, amen, amen. We thank, we thank everybody for joining us tonight. Powerful um, talk. We got a chance to hear a lot of things that we can take in. And what, what kind of 12 o'clock are you talking about? Night 12 o'clock noon. 12 o'clock noon. Sorry about that. To Central Time. So 1 o'clock Eastern. Amen. Amen. I wanted everybody just to catch that. But again, we thank everyone for joining us. And, um,. We look forward to everybody joining us next week. Week after. I mean, week after next. next. Well, next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday on the 12 o'clock call. Um, and um, whew, there ain't not much I can say. I just had a, I enjoyed um, what was talked about and everything, and we just thank God for letting us all be here just to hear what we need to hear to take back to our communities, and to our friends to share with them. And with that, I'm going to go on and close out. We thank you, ladies, Latoya Ford. We thank all the members of the panel that were here. And we just thank God for all that he did this evening on this call. And with that, we want to tell everybody, have a blessed night. Father God, we thank you once again. Letting us be in, the, in your presence and in, your, in the midst of hearing the things that we need to hear. Father God, we ask you to bless everyone at the sound of my voice, Father God. Father God, we ask you to touch them in those places in their lives that they need to be led in. In those places that are empty, Father God, we ask you to fill it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. 
And, Father God, we also call on your word, as your word says that you order the footsteps of the righteous first. And, Father God, order their steps right now. Let them walk in the path that you guide them in and you lead them in. And we thank you, we praise you, and we exalt you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And we say good night, good night, good night. Good night, you guys.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.